Well, our sermon passage tonight is Psalm 148. Let me double check. I think, yes, I will, I will pray and then do my best to recite this psalm for us. So let's pray. Father, we thank you that you have revealed yourself in your word. Because of that, we can know you. And we pray that you would help us to better know you tonight. We pray that you would, as the psalmist, as the psalmist says, may you open our eyes that we would behold wondrous things from your love. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Psalm 148, I encourage you to follow along in your Bibles or on page 9 in your worship guides. Psalm 148. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights. Praise Him, all His angels. Praise Him, all His hosts. Praise Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all you shining stars. Praise Him, you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord. For He commanded and they were created. And he established them forever and ever. He gave a decree and it shall not pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and mist, stormy wind fulfilling his word, mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, beasts and all livestock, creeping things and flying birds, kings of the earth and all peoples, Princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and maidens together, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His majesty is above earth and heaven. He has raised up a horn for his people. Praise for all his saints, for the people of Israel who are near to him. Praise the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Psalm 148. Well, we have a, a number of hymn, a number of hymnals on a bookshelf at home. There's a green hymnal, a black one, there's a red one, there's a burgundy one, and you might miss it, but there's also a thin, small, white one. Now, I guess it's not technically a hymnal. It's more like a conference book or booklet. It was from a conference in 2018 called Together for the Gospel. And in the back pages, there are 25 or so hymns. Those were the hymns that we sang during that conference. I've gone to several of the conferences over the years, Together for the Gospel. And I always appreciated many things. I appreciated the piles of free books. I appreciated the break from classwork. I appreciated fellowship with friends. I appreciated the good teaching and preaching, but I also appreciated something else. I appreciated the singing. I appreciated the singing. Have you ever sung with one piano and 10,000 other people? One piano, 10,000 other people. You can imagine what that sounded like what it looked like, what it felt like to be there. The, the pianist invites everyone to stand. He, sing, he plays through the introductory 
notes. And then, in unison, 10,000 people join their voices and sing, All creatures of our God and King, lift up your voice and with us sing, Alleluia, Alleluia. What an experience. Maybe you haven't done that with 10,000 people. You can imagine what that was like. All creatures of our God and King. Well, what happens in a moment like that? As you lift up your voice and begin to sing, what happens? Maybe many things, but one thing that happened to me was this. In a moment, my or the purpose of life, my purpose for being became clear as day. The purpose of my life, the purpose of our lives, the purpose of all of history, of all of creation. In a moment, I was reminded, yes, I exist, we exist, to praise the Lord. This is, this is who it's all about. I share that because Psalm 148 is like an arena of praise. It's like an arena of praise where we hear all of creation, not just 10,000 voices, but all of creation praising the Lord. Why do we exist? What's the purpose of our lives? What's the point of today? What's the point of all of history, of all of creation? This psalm reminds us we exist to praise the Lord. So as we begin, as we start to look at this psalm, let me, let me point out some things about the structure of the psalm. First, notice how it begins and ends. Notice how it begins and ends. The opening three words are, praise the Lord, and the concluding three words are, praise the Lord. These are the Hebrew words that everyone knows by heart. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's what it means. You know a little bit of Hebrew if you know hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The last five Psalms of the Psalter, so that's Psalms 146 through 150, they all begin and end with the words praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now let's keep reading in verse 1. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. So as the psalm begins, we look up. We look up. We look up to the heavens, and what do we hear? We hear praise. Now, look with, look with me at verse 7. Praise the Lord from the earth. So after looking up to the heavens, now we look down to the earth. And what do we hear? We hear praise. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise the Lord from the earth. These are the two main sections of the psalm, from the heavens, from the earth, everything is included, no one is left out, and what is everyone and everything called to do? Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. So let's listen to the heavens, verses 1 through 4, I'll, I'll read these verses once again. Praise the Lord from the heavens, praise Him in the heights. Praise Him, all His angels. Praise Him, all His hosts. Praise Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all you shining stars. Praise Him, you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. It's like you're standing there in the arena. You look out, you look up, and what do you see? You see the heavens. 
You see the angels, the sun and moon, the stars, the rain clouds. You see our solar system. You see the Milky Way galaxy. You see the entire created universe. You see everything that's visible. You see everything that's invisible. And what is everything called to do? To praise the Lord. It's a thunderous, universal, joyful, never-ending praise. That's what the heavens are doing. Why? Why such praise? What's the cause behind this call to praise? Well, verses 5 to 6. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created, and he established them forever and ever. He gave a decree and it shall not pass away. So why such praise? Because he's the creator. And God said, let there be light. And God said, let there be an expanse. And God said, let there be light in the expanse. And it was so. He commanded, and they were created. And it's really a shame, because he's losing control of his universe, obviously. Not at all. (laughs) He's not losing control. This verse says that he established them. He didn't just create them, he established them also. Verse 6 uses the word decree. Now that's not a word that we often use, but the shorter catechism helps us here. It says this about God's decrees. His decrees are his eternal purpose according to the counsel of his will, whereby for his own glory he has foreordained whatsoever comes to pass. Whatsoever. In other words... Everything happens. Every, everything happens because God says it should happen. Nothing and no one can thwart his eternal purpose. The heavens praise the Lord. Of course they do. He made them. He's their creator. And who else is called to praise the Lord? Let's look now at verses 7 to 12. Praise the Lord from the earth. You great sea creatures and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and mist, stormy wind fulfilling his word, mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, beasts and all livestock, creeping things and flying birds, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and maidens together, old men and children. So who's called to praise the Lord now? The great sea creatures and all deeps. Now, whether these sea creatures are the great blue whales or the mythological monsters, they all praise the Lord. They all praise the Lord. We hear the weather in all of its forms, cold and hot, calm and stormy. We hear the, which mountains are your favorite? You hear the Rockies, the Tetons. You hear, you hear the hills, the, the Pentland Hills of Scotland. We hear the fig trees the walnut trees, the cows and sheep, the dogs. I'm not sure if we hear the cats. They may have been left out, but we hear the dogs. We hear the... I'm joking. I'm joking. (laughs) All creatures. We hear the leopard geckos. We hear the black-capped chickadees, the red-tailed hawks. All of them made by their God, praising Him. 
Not only that, we hear the crown of God's creation. We hear all peoples, the kings and subjects, rulers and those ruled, the young and old, male and female, it doesn't matter. What is all of the earth called to do? To praise the Lord. Once again, why? Why such praise? Why such universal, resounding, all-encompassing praise? Why? Well, verse 13 tells us, let them praise the name of the Lord. Why? For his name alone is exalted. His majesty is above earth and heaven. Now, up until this verse, the psalm has used the word all nine times. Pastor Troy has encouraged us to be on the lookout for repetition. Often that's, a, that's, a, uh, that's indicating that something is important. Well, the psalm has used the word all nine times up until this verse. All angels, all hosts, all stars, all deeps, all hills, all cedars, all livestock, all peoples, all rulers. But what does this verse say? His name alone is exalted. All, 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 because of one. Because of one. Because of one whose name, whose majesty, whose glory alone is exalted. So do you feel the singularity, the uniqueness, the supremacy of that word alone? All, all, all because of one whose name alone is exalted. So do you hear the heavens and the earth resounding in praise? At the center of this arena is the Lord. He alone, he alone is worthy of praise. Doesn't it make us want to... Join in? Doesn't it make us want to sing? We've looked at verses 1 through 13, this extended call to praise. It's like standing in an arena that can hold more than 10,000 people. It can hold all the people that God has ever created. It is a big arena. And the heavens and earth explode in praise. We were created to praise our Creator the one whose name alone is exalted. Now, for a moment, let's, let's take a step back from this psalm. Let's zoom out and consider this psalm in light of all of Scripture. As I reflected on this psalm, as I meditated on it, as I studied it, a verse, a truth from Romans one came to mind. Is it any wonder, as you think about the book of Romans, is it any wonder that Paul says that the wrath of God is revealed from heaven? Is it any wonder that the wrath of God is revealed from heaven? When we think about what we were made to do, when we think about who God is and the praise he deserves, Is it any wonder that Paul, as he begins the letter of Romans, says that God's wrath is revealed from heaven? This studying the psalm made me think once again about sin. What is sin? What does it do? Well, sin, in some ways, is like walking into that arena and refusing 
to praise. It's like walking into the arena and saying, no, no, I'm, I'm going to praise myself. I'm going to praise the creature, not the creator. It's like being on the plane of Babylon and saying, no, I'm going to bow down to the golden statue that Nebuchadnezzar has set up. This is the exchange, the exchange that Paul talks about in Romans 1. He says, claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God. They exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. As you all know, Adam and Eve were the first ones to do this. They were the first ones, but they weren't the last. Because each one of us has made this exchange too. Exchanging the glory of the immortal God for images. Isn't that a devastating picture of sin? This is what sin does. This is what sin is. When I sin, I'm refusing to praise my creator. The one who made me. The one who made me to worship him. So God would be just. God would be just to punish me for it. His wrath is what I truly deserve. It's what we all deserve. But there's good news. There's astonishing news. And the good news is that the Lord is not only our creator, he's also our redeemer. The one who created us is also the one who redeems us. And this is what the closing verse of Psalm 148 brings into view. Verse 14, coming back to Psalm 148. How does this psalm end? How does it conclude? He has raised up a horn for his people. Praise for all his saints, for the people of Israel who are near to him. Praise the Lord. Don't miss this. Who took the initiative? God did. God has raised up. Redemption is God's initiative from first to last. And what has he raised up? A horn. Now, in Lancaster County, we're used to seeing horns on farm animals. I was at Pete and Jen and Caleb and Josiah's house within the last year, and I saw one of their goats get his head stuck in a fence. His, his horns got stuck in the fence, and he couldn't get out. So, so Pete had to go help him get out. We're used to seeing horns. But... My guess is that when you're praying, when you're um, talking with brothers and sisters in Christ, you probably don't use the word horn very much, or at all. God, thank you for raising up a horn for me. It's just not, you know, it's an unfamiliar foreign image. Well, it's in the Bible. And what does this mean? Well, we start by looking close. Look at that verse. It's horn, horn is parallel with praise. Do you see that? He has raised up a horn for his people, praise for all his saints. So horn and praise are somehow connected. They're saying a similar thing. So horn has this connotation of praise, of, of dignity, of honor, of glory, of strength. And who has God done this for? 
Notice these descriptors. How does God refer to his people? Well, his people, his saints, are the people of Israel who are near to him. His people, they belong to him. They are his saints. They are near to him. This verse paints a really beautiful picture for us. It's a picture of a people, a people close to God who belong to him, who are called his saints. When Troy uses that, he's not making it up. The Bible calls us, God calls us saints. A people with glory and honor and praise. But this is not just a beautiful picture for us to behold. It's a picture of God's people. It's a picture of you and me. It's a picture of us. And it's a beautiful picture of us because the Lord is our Redeemer. God the Father took the initiative and sent His Son. So verse 14 is true. Think of it this way. Verse 14 is true ultimately because of Jesus Christ. Because of Jesus Christ, this is true. He has raised up a horn for His people. Through this Son of God, all things were made. He is the Creator, the Lord, the Eternal Son of God. So as you think about this psalm, as you think about the arena of praise, who created all things, through whom were all things created? The Son of God. He is worthy of that praise from the heavens and from the earth. This is the Son of God who became man, who took to himself our nature and all of its weakness, but none of its sinfulness, who lived a life of perfect praise. Think about how Jesus would have prayed or sung this very psalm in praise to his Father. Jesus would have done that. And in humble obedience, he bore the wrath of God on the cross for us. I talked earlier about that exchange, the exchange that Paul talks about in Romans. Well, there's a greater exchange. Our hope is in a greater exchange that Jesus came to earth so that we might be brought to heaven. That Jesus took on our mortality that we might take on his resurrection immortality. That he took on our weakness and poverty and sinfulness that we might receive his strength, his righteousness, his riches, his glory. What's true of our ascended Redeemer? Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. It's fascinating to sit in a morning service and listen to a sermon when you're preparing to preach in the evening. Because this morning sermon was so geared toward worship. And Pastor Troy, you pointed out how Christ... He's the one who's worthy of all praise. His name is exalted above every other name. Well, Psalm 148, whose name alone is exalted? Whose majesty is above earth and heaven? The name of Jesus Christ. At the center of this enormous arena of praise stands the person of Jesus Christ. His name alone is exalted. His majesty is above earth and heaven. And what does that mean for us? What does that mean for those who trust and love him? To be, united, to be united to this Savior, to be united to this Redeemer, means that we're also exalted with him. God has raised up a horn, 
praise for all of his saints. That is true of us because of Jesus Christ, because of our union with him. God has done this in the person and work of Jesus, our Redeemer. Well, I began this sermon by sharing about my experience at that conference. There I was, standing, one pianist, 10,000 other brothers and sisters, singing out praises to the Lord. And it felt like a foretaste of heaven. It really did. It felt like a foretaste of heaven, a reminder of the best that's yet to come, a reminder of why God made me. As you think about Psalm 148, think about it like a foretaste of heaven. It is a reminder of the best that's yet to come. It's a reminder that though now is the time of suffering, those afflictions are temporary. Sin and suffering will give way to glory. This psalm is a reminder of why we exist and what we're called to do right now while we wait for this vision to be ultimately fulfilled, ultimately consummated. So when I'm sick with a stomach bug, can I praise the Lord? Can I pray this psalm? When I'm once again convicted of my selfishness, can I pray this song? Can I praise the Lord? When we hear about the war in Ukraine, can God's people still praise the Lord? Is Psalm 148 still true? It is. And we praise the Lord by faith, knowing that one day our faith will be turned to sight. So let's lift up, lift up our voices and sing, Alleluia, praise the Lord. Amen.